Good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and I want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your positive impact as a difference maker in any area of your life. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley. I am super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. So stay real and welcome, everybody. This is a real important time for both of us because I'm here in Ottawa. We're doing this podcast together in the same room, which Woo-hoo! is a, which is very unusual because you're getting married this week. So I, I thought I thought it would be timely for us to talk about authentic relationships, relationships yeah. in the workplace, relationships in our lives. Uh, just relationships general, and what does it mean to be authentic? So I just yeah, thought, what, sure. what's on your mind this week before you get married and thinking about living in an authentic relationship? Yeah, so I think I think probably the biggest thing, I think, I just especially because I've been having, been having to write a lot of speeches and vows and doing a lot of reflecting on this, but a thing that keeps coming up, I think, with, with this, I, and anyway, like just a word that's on my mind a lot, is choice. Um, and I think what's, I think it's a, a really neat thing. Cause I think, you know, you're choosing, well, I mean, I'm choosing to marry this person, choosing to marry my fiance. I'm choosing to be the best version of myself around him. And, you know, I'm, I'm choosing to, 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 I wake up and make an active decision to choose to be myself around him. And I mean, he can, he creates that environment to make that choice really quite easily. Uh, but, uh, choice has been a big, a big word, I guess that's been on my mind a lot. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, so that's been really, um, that one's been, been going on my mind a lot. And then also too, I think relationships, not just of the romantic kind, but weddings are such a neat opportunity. I think that the thing that I'm most excited for this week is just being able to, to see all of these different people from different parts of my life come together in one room for the first time and only time arguably. Um, and so how exciting that is that, you know, these, these pers- these, these people that I've met throughout different phases of my life from, you know, childhood to family to university and high school to my workplace to people nowadays. And um, yeah, so it's just like a really exciting time to be able to see all of these different relationships come through. Well, I have a couple of questions in regard yeah. to that. First of all, what is it about choice mm. that is inspiring you today? Mm. I think, uh, sorry, my cat's trying to get into the door. I can hear her pawing on the other side. Um, I think it's just this idea of like, I love the romantic idea of fate. I like to think about that sometimes too, about, you know, people coming together and the chances of people coming together. But I also think that it can't entirely just be fate. I think like, you know, whether it's like a really good friendship or a romantic partnership or a, um, a really good group at work. Um, I think, yeah, chance will, will put different kinds of people together. Um, but it's the choice to, you know, listen to people and to be present and in the moment and to be a good person and to be kind and compassionate and considerate. It's an active choice that people make um, that I think leads to authentic relationships. So what is this like for you to have all, which is what a wedding does, yeah, is it yeah. brings all their past <laughs> into the present moment. Yeah, yep. you got your family, your cousins, mm-hmm. yep. your friends you grew up with. <laughs> 
your next door neighbors that it's were true. part of our family growing up, <laughs> uh, university friends, and now you've got your colleagues and you've mm-hmm. got your new in-laws. What is that like to all come together under one roof? I think, honestly, it's really quite empowering, especially when we talk about authenticity, because these are the people, not just like all the people I've met in my life, but the people that I've chosen to stay in contact with. And they're people that I've chosen to have part of my community with, right? And and like they all know a different part of me um, throughout, you know, my my upbringing and growing up, and my part of me now, like running friends and work friends and um, you know softball friends, whatever. Um, so they like they've all like I've chosen to keep them in part of my life, right? And they they've chosen to have me in 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 that too. And I think that's what's really neat is that they all know a little different part of me, and they're all coming together, you know, like different part of me in my past and a different part of my interests and my, my, you know, and also too, part of my fiance too, as well. Right. You know, so it's just a really neat thing to come together and celebrate. So, yeah. Well, there's so many directions we could go in around authenticity. And I, I, I think I would just start with the premise for myself mm-hmm. that if you're going to be connected to other people, you first of all have to be connected to yourself. Yeah, I would agree. With and that. we 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 put a lot of emphasis, and we have a whole program around um, self awareness, and we have it's a long term monthly program that uh, that people can uh, opt in to be a part of, and it's all based on this notion that that you got to be self aware. Yes, absolutely. and you know many of us are, and we're going to talk about this in our upcoming webinar, but many of us are internally self aware that we think. Well, yeah, I'm pretty self-aware. I think, you know, and we, we, there's lots of research that would suggest that people would generally say that they're more self-aware than they actually are. So I can say, well, I'm pretty self-aware of myself. But then when you start to get feedback from other people and you start to see these blind spots, you begin to realize you're not quite as self-aware as you might think you are. Mm-hmm. And you really aren't, you don't know how self-aware you are until you get some feedback from other people. So that's the first thing that I would say mm-hmm. is that you've got to be really connected to yourself mm-hmm. and fully know who you are uh, before you be, can be connected to other people. But at the same time, you learn to be connected by yourself by learning mm-hmm. to connect with other people. So it's these are both necessary in any relationship is just to, to be aware of yourself and to be aware and to be open to how you're coming across to other people. I think what's really interesting with that too. So there's this, this theory in sociology called the looking glass self. Um, and, uh, it's this theory that who you are is different when you're with different people and it's, they're all different parts of you. It's not saying that one is less authentic than another, but who you are is a direct reflection of the other people around you. It's a two-way relationship. Um, and it's sort of recognizing that, you know, and, you know, as a teacher, you know, the, the relationship I have with my students is a different side of me than my relationship as a daughter, as a fiance, as a friend, as a runner. Right. So it's, it's also really interesting to recognizing that, you know, that these are all different parts of who I am. They're all authentic parts of who I am, but they're different parts of me, you know? And so authenticity can look different in different contexts too. Well, this comes back to your notion of choice Mm -hmm. that we bring out different parts of ourselves with different people, Uh but that doesn't make us inauthentic Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. can make a choice to say, um, I, I feel a particular way here and that I'm going to, but I'm, I'm going to choose to not bring that part of me out in this relationship. Right. And I think if you're aware of yourself and you make that choice, you can stay authentic. Yeah. 
Absolutely. In terms of the language we use, like, you know, obviously I'm not going to curse in front of my students, right? Like obviously, right? But in terms of the clothes you wear and the, the language you use and the parts of you that you share and choose not to share, but it's all about choice. Um, so let me bring this down to a very practical level and yeah. I'm gonna, let's relate it to relationships in the workplace. And, and sure. you know, I, I think there's re probably really three primary relationships in our life, three marriages, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's a marriage uh, to a significant other. Mm -hmm. There's a, a marriage to um, our work mm -hmm. and there's a marriage to ourselves. And mm -hmm. we have to keep those three marriages, if you will, uh, I'll, I'll say a, a marriage in the context of a, a really a just a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So let's, it requires two skills from my perspective mm -hmm. uh, that, that require self-awareness uh, in order to be authentic. And one is, and you can put this in any marriage, whether you're thinking about the relationship to people at work or to your work, uh, relationship to a significant other in your life or, or or relationship to yourself you have to it requires to be called authentic it requires two things you got to be honest mm -hmm. but you also have to be respectful mm -hmm. so uh you're sitting in a meeting at work <laughs> and uh somebody says something and your first response is that's the dumbest thing i ever heard <laughs> now if you're you you can say, well, I'm going to be authentic and I'm just going to blurt it out. You know what? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Well, it's honest, but it's not respectful. And that's at, a choice that you're making. It is a choice. Mm -hmm. And you have to be self-aware to make that choice. Uh, on the other hand, if you just sit on your hands and you don't say anything, it may be respectful, but it's not honest. And so authenticity requires this um, internal challenge to try to manage both of those two tasks mm -hmm. in any relationship. Now, I might argue if, if you judge something as being stupid <laughs> uh, that another person says, I would argue that's not really honest. Mm -hmm. That's actually a defense mm -hmm. against honesty. Honesty says if you're truly honest, I was offended by that. Mm -hmm. I'm confused by that comment. Um, I'm uncertain about what you meant in that comment. I took offense to it. Um, I, I'm hurt by it. And if you go below the judgment, and this is where a, a self-awareness is required, then it becomes honest. And paradoxically, if you truly are honest, and this comes back to Shakespeare, to thine own self be true, then you yeah. can, and then the most powerful line is the one after it, that then you can't be false to anybody. And if you find the truth in the statement, you actually will be paradoxically respectful to others. Because mm -hmm. the truth is, this is how your comment impacted me. That's what's true. Uh, if I give you an opinion it might I might call that truth, but that a truth is is unarguable. A truth says you can't argue. If I'm hurt by a comment that you just said, I am that's truthful because I can't argue with that. It's yeah. it's honest, uh, and this is where uh, we get into arguments and fights yeah. uh, and dis and so much destructive conflict in our families and in our workplaces because we really have not developed the skills of what it means to be truthful. And we mistaken an opinion 
with truth. Just like when we walk around, authenticity has taken a bad rap. And I think you've probably already heard us say this when we walk around and say, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a jerk. Well, you know, you have to go back to the roots of who you are. Um, you know, authenticity requires truth and it requires beauty and it requires love uh, in order, you know, the essence of what we're born with to be authentic. And so we learn defenses. We learn how to survive. But let's not mistaken our response to survival as a statement of authentic truth. Well, that's even where like conflict resolution 101 that we've learned, right? Like how you resolve a conflict with somebody is you don't go in with the blame game because that just escalates the conflict because all of a sudden you're pointing fingers and it doesn't actually solve it. But you start with an I feel statement. That's the truth. Like you can't be right. People can't argue with that. Right. And it's also it, it shows it's you're coming to the table and you're offering this is how it's impacted me. Right. Not pointing fingers. You're not because nobody I, I would I, I'd like to believe that nobody acts maliciously. Right. And so if someone makes a stupid comment, you counter that comment with how it made you feel. That's how you resolve the conflict. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's that goes back to that truth thing. Right. And, and it's just, you know, it's about how and that's authentic relationships. Right. Like that's that's how you you know, that's how you make honest, good relationships at work, at home, whatever and is by resolving conflict with with how you how you feel with it. Well, just make make a note of this, Haley. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have a whole podcast on authentic conflict <laughs> resolution. I yeah. think that would be uh, an important uh, episode for us to focus on. But but it's it's really uh, and, and, you know and I hear we hear this all the time about blame going on in our organizations and uh, and complaining and families and too. families exactly like, you didn't load the dishwasher right and and what it actually is it's it's a it's a defense blame is always a defense against the courage to face your own truth mm-hmm. and to take responsibility in our life and it's far easier to blame other people mm-hmm. than it is to really take ownership for saying what's my part of the problem and how can i start to be truthful it's it's it takes courage to and clarity to actually look inside and say what is the truth about myself. And many of us have avoided that truth and we've found ways of deflecting it. We found ways of escaping from it. Mm-hmm. And the pathway to tr- uh, true peace in life and inner well-being is really facing the truth. And it's honestly the, the pathway to self-respect mm-hmm. is you have to really know your truth and, and live in a place of truth. And it will, it, it may be uh, hard for other people to hear, but you ultimately will not hurt people in the long run. The best gift you can give any relationship is to be truthful with yourself and to bring that truth out and to know enough about yourself that you can uh, be who you are in that relationship. Well, and it goes to like your relationship with yourself, right? Like as soon as you can recognize what the root causes, that's how you break bad habits right? You got to get out of your own way, right? Like, are you blaming the fact that the weather is really bad? Why you can't get out and go for a walk? Like, are you blaming the fact that you have an injury that you're recovering from? That's why you can't go out even for just a walk around the block, for example. Um, you know, or, or, you know, like looking at these habits that we've formed, right. And we struggle to get out of them. A lot of times they can, they can be, you can, you can, you know, learn your, like, you know, teach yourself how to get out of it by looking at the root cause of it and getting out of your own way. It's the same as the relationship with yourself, right? As relationships with other people, right? It's getting the, getting rid of the blame game and looking at the self-awareness of what is actually the root cause of it, right? That's how you, you know, that's how you 
you know, resolve those bad habits, right? Absolutely. And taking responsibility mm-hmm. for your side of the relationship mm-hmm. and what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it really does come from a compassionate place. Mm-hmm. By definition, authenticity, as I said, is honesty and respect. Another way of saying that is that I'm genuinely going to care about you mm-hmm. and I'm genuinely going to care about myself mm-hmm. and that I'm, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to work with the struggle to not put one over another, but it, it really truly is coming from an open heart and a place of compassion where we really want to understand another person, which gets back to, um, you know, you know, something that I learned from one of my mentors, Steve Covey, who said, seek first to understand, which is really not his at all. It's, it's a universal principle, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking really about being understood, where we bring our truth, and we respect uh, in the same process. But it, it also begins with really understanding, hey, where are you coming from? If I hear a comment in a, in a meeting, for example, maybe before I react, I could say, what really is, where's that comment coming from? And to take the time to sit and understand that, as opposed to jumping in and reacting to it before I really understand what they're saying. And again, that's a whole other episode that we'll spend some time on about what does it really mean to listen and understand authentically another human being. And again, in order to do that, we have to understand ourselves. Um, I'm just going to write that down to remind ourselves about that. I always think with that too, like, um, I think a huge important part of authentic relationships is, is learning how to say no. Um, cause that's, I think a really important one, both to yourself and to other people. Like, I think it's learning how to, you know, um, and I, I always, I, I, you know, when you're, when you're, you're interacting with people and doing things for other people, um, I know I mentioned my, my boss quite often, but she's got so many little nuggets of wisdom, but every time you say no to something, you say yes to something else. Right. And so sometimes it's saying no to a colleague about taking on an extra responsibility. So you can say yes to your family. Right. Or sometimes it's saying no to, you know, a family member about something important. So you can say yes to yourself and, and taking care of yourself and doing something for yourself. Right. But I think that's, it's, again, it's the truth piece, right. It's looking at, at what is the, you know, what is the, the, the truth? What do you need at that moment? Too? Why do you think, Haley, it's hard? I want to practice what I'm preaching here and yeah. understand here before I jump in and try to be understood. <laughs> Why do you think it's hard for people to say no? Because I think it's, um, I think people think that by saying yes, they're being caring. But I think um, cause I think it, it, I think ultimately people saying yes to commitment, saying yes to helping, saying yes to opportunities. I think in some way or another, I guess it's looking at those three types of relationships. People say yes, because they think it's at the core, something that's a good thing, something that's a caring thing, something that's an act of love, whether it's self-love for a job opportunity, whether it's love for your, your, your job or in terms of like a new opportunity at work. Um, yes to family commitments. Yes to hanging out with friends, whatever. I think people like think Sort of like superficially that it's it's an act of love, um, and some and oftentimes it is, um, but sometimes if you say yes all the time and you're not practicing no, you're sacrificing one of those other three relationships for the sake of the other. So, my understanding of that, say say that again that yeah. if, that if you and again if you if you can't say no, then your yes really can't be trusted. So again, so what you're saying is what makes it hard is that you're an, it's an effort to show love. 
I think that's what people think it is when people agree to do things, right? Um, I think regardless of, of what the thing is, right? Like if people say yes to, yes, I will absolutely help you out at that birthday party. Yes, I will absolutely take on that extra responsibility at work. Yes, I will absolutely, you know, drive you across the city for X, Y, Z, right? I think people say yes because they think it's a way of, it's a caring, it's a nice thing to do, right? The problem though, is when we say yes and yes and yes and yes and yes, that we have to sacrifice other things when we should be saying no. I know that this has been a challenge for me in my life because I'm very oriented toward taking care of others. And I learned that in order as a way to be safe, Mm -hmm. that if I just take care of you and make you happy, Mm -hmm. this is a lot of reasons why I said, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm not actually concerned with how I'm doing, how you're doing. What I'm concerned is, are you going to be mad at me and make it, make it not safe for me? And so I want to take care of you. And it looks like love. But in my work, in that the research for about five years in writing the book, Caring is Everything, what I began to understand is the difference between caring and pleasing. Mm. And caring says, I, I, I genuinely care about you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Caring, and it's more than just kindness. It's genuinely caring about you. Um, it versus pleasing, which is I'm going to take care of you uh, in order for because I want you to make like me make like me, <laughs> yeah. make it safe for me. And there's an ulterior motive that's hidden. Mm. And I don't think it's possible to live without that some kind of an ulterior motive, because, you know, I want to take care of you so that I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we it's it comes back to that awareness and yes. choice. Yes. And knowing exactly. that we're doing this out of choice, not emptiness. And so or right, and not our obligation. Yeah. And so uh, the whole notion of caring coming from overflow rather than emptiness. And if it's coming from emptiness, then I'm going to say yes when I really feel no. And it's going to disrupt the connection to my authentic self. And it won't be authentic any longer. And people can tell that. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think so, right? And I think it's 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 that self-awareness knowing what do you need? Is it a time when you need to say yes and jump in and care for somebody or yourself? Or is it a time when you need to say no and you need to recover and you need to have that self-awareness and that truth, right? I think it's understanding what is the truth here, right? What do you need at that moment in time? Um, and that I think that can be, you know, that can that can show up in any relationship, right? Whether it's work, family, or self. So a couple of things, just to just to kind of wrap this up, and there's so much we could oh, unravel yeah. here and unpack, yeah. but just on a practical level, there's a couple mm-hmm. of things that I might invite people mm-hmm. to to look to work with on a practical level. Next time you say yes to somebody, next or are time, faced with a choice, or are faced with a choice, mm-hmm. and you may have a, a, a your perspective on what we could leave with people. Ask yourself. Is this coming from a place of caring or is it coming from a place of expectation? Am I saying this because I hope that I don't want to be rejected or that I want the person to to make me feel safe? And just what's the motive underneath this kindness? Mm -hmm. Am I saying yes just out of obligation Mm -hmm. uh, because I feel like if I do this, then I won't feel so guilty? Uh, You know, or am I doing this genuinely because I just really... It makes me feel good to open my heart and give to this person. The other, the other practical uh, 
exercise is what do you need to say no to today that you're saying yet? What are you saying yes to that you really in your heart need to say no to? And be empowered by no, because it's you're say, by saying no, you're saying yes to something else, right? So you might be saying no to that work obligation so you can say yes to your family, right? Or you might be saying no to that social invitation so you can say yes to self-healing, right? So recognizing that, that there is, you know, saying no can be an empowering choice to say yes to something more important to you at that time. And, you know, the, the reality of it is, is it's very we, we can make it sound so easy, but the reality of it is these choices that you talk about and the self-awareness, uh, there's always, there's always a, a level of conflict. Yep. You know, you, you make a decision. I'm going to go to the gym tonight and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And as you're walking out the door, mm-hmm. uh, your teenage daughter gets <laughs> into a crisis yeah. and that you need to say yes to your teenage daughter. And you're always saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. And there is no perfect formula here to call it authentic. But what the struggle is, is, is you're embracing the journey. You're embracing the struggle to realize, you know what, it's going to be messy, mm-hmm. but that I, w- I want to bring some self, you know, some awareness of what's going on. I'm, I'm making a conscious choice to give up on myself at this moment because myself knows that I need to be here with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if that becomes a pattern mm-hmm. and you're continually just saying no to yourself, as a, and, and, and saying yes to everybody else, that will catch up on you yeah. and that, that you will eventually pay a price for that. But it's, it's a matter of, of, of being attentive. What, what would you say about that? Absolutely. Well, practically, like, you know, this has been coming up quite often with um, <laughs> my <laughs> marathon training um, and our honeymoon, these things. Um, so this has been, a, I'm really excited to do another marathon and I've been all excited about this. Um, but it's been a discussion with my fiance because he wants to spend time with me. God forbid. How dare he want to spend time with me? Um, so, and uh, as you know, dad, having been a marathon runner yourself, marathon training does not allow for a lot of time to spend with other people. So <laughs> this has been a, 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 a you know, a, a discussion here um, because he wants to support me in my running, but he also wants to spend time with me and I want to spend time with him, but I also want to run. Um, so it's been a, you know, how can we find these ways of compromising by saying yes and no at different times to be able to, you know, have the best of both worlds here. Um, how have you found the truth? We've, uh... <laughs> in my words, the authentic truth in all of that. Uh, I signed up for a half marathon, <laughs> which involves less training uh, for now. Anyways, for now. Um, so, you know, fewer hours running so we can spend more time together for honeymoon and marriage, post-marriage stuff. Um, but I will do a full marathon later on. Now, are you doing that out of plea to please him, out of obligation, oh. or are you doing that because it genuinely is a win-win for you both? Genuinely a win-win for us both. Uh, if I didn't want to do any running, I think that would be a pleasing, um, but I still want to run and I can still get the, you know, like it doesn't have to be a full marathon right now. It can be a half marathon. So I can still spend the time training, not the same like intensity of training, which is probably a good thing for me in the long run, fewer injuries and things like that. Um, but for now, because, you know, this is an exciting time that, you know, the post-marital honeymoon excitement, right. So, you know, that we can still spend time together and I can run, we can do both. So I can say yes to both things. And how did you come to knowing that within yourself? I think it's been lots of 
really open, honest conversations with my fiance about why this is such an important thing for me. Um, why this is such an like, and, and it's recognizing that, you know, spending time with my fiance and running, these are two very important priorities um, for me. These are, these are two things that are really important to me. There are two, but, and, and also too, I have this, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to have this supportive partner who can recognize how important running is for me, but also who loves me enough that actually wants to spend time with me, you know? So, you know, it's not coming out of a place of, you know, sabotage that he doesn't want me to run. It's coming out of a place of he wants to spend time with me. Gosh, what a jerk. Um, no. <laughs> um, so it's just, I think having those really open, honest, authentic conversations with him about why running is so important to me. Uh, and for him to say why spending time with me is so important to him, uh, that we can come to this, you know, this, this happy compromise. That's a win-win for both. And I, I, in my words, this authenticity, mm-hmm. did you spend that same amount of time with conversations mm-hmm. with your fiance. Yep. Did you also have those conversations with yourself? Absolutely. To say yep. what really is important to me. Yep. Um, yes, my my mm-hmm. now my future marriage is going <laughs> is important to me, but also my running is important to me. My career is important to me. Yep. And and to really ask yourself and to work with, and it's never going to be in perfect balance. No, I, I don't want to no, no, I don't no. want to project some kind of formula here. No. Uh, of imperfection, but I but I want to say if you're invested in the struggle and that you put as much weight on yourself. And I'll just leave with this thought, the mm-hmm. difference between self-care and self-centered. So maybe I've said this in one of our previous episodes, but self-care says I take care of myself so then I can take care of you. Yes. Versus self-centered, which is I take care of myself so I can take care of myself. And it becomes very uh, selfish and inside, interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's where we, what leads to narcissism and, and uh, you know, just caring only about yourself. But it, it, it's, an, it's an equal struggle to give voice to all of these relationships in our life with ourselves, with our significant mm-hmm. other, with our work life, with, you know, with what really matters in our life. And it, it, that, that is the message that I think we want to leave is the importance of making that awareness and choice to keep those, those voices uh, alive. And I think, too, recognizing that the, keeping those voices alive in that conversation can change week by week. Right. Right now, I want to prioritize the relationship, but next year I'll run the marathon. Right. And, and, you know, there'll be times where work requires a bit more energy, right. And requires a little bit more. There's busy times at work. Uh, And then there are times when family does, and then there are times when self does. Right. So recognizing that balance is going to be in flux, right. It's a week by week thing. It's a day by day thing, right. There are times when you need to prioritize yourself. There are times when you need to prioritize family and there are times you need to prioritize work. And that conversation is ongoing you know, as you go through. And what we'd want to have in the next 10 years yep. is if we look back in, in the previous 10 years that there, there was relative balance and stability in, yep. in, in each of those areas. And yep. that, that if you just completely become unconscious and just give to your new husband, right. Not good. Or no just good. give to yourself. No good. Um, then, then you end up, uh, really becoming depleted in some way. Exactly. And so that's keeping all of those voices alive is what, what I call the authentic journey. And regular check-ins with yourself. That's how you get to self-awareness. It's the regular checks-in, right? And asking yeah. yourself these questions yeah. consistently. And, and this is where we offer this support where you can check in with yourself, but also check in with some objective people that will be really mm-hmm. honest with you. 
And sometimes our even our, our significant relationships can become such that we can become a pattern in our relationships, our mm-hmm. significant relationships with work, our significant relationships with each other, that we uh, don't see the pattern. We we get blind in the in the relationship as well as we get blind in ourselves. Exactly. Balance and stability and diversity. Beautiful things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, well, you know what? There's much more to unpack. I hope that we have said something here to, to, to get you provoked and to get you thinking and to get some conversations going with the relationships in your own life and the relationships with yourself. So it's uh, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been great. Always is. <laughs> and we're going to end with gratitude yeah what, what are, are you, you grateful for so Haley what are you grateful for oh I'm today? grateful to have you here dad I'm grateful to be able to do this in person and not just over zoom I'm grateful for that uh I'm grateful for uh some really just really wonderful people in my life some wonder being able to share my city with you guys and all the people who are coming here uh to visit I'm really grateful for for beautiful summer weather grateful for health uh and that you know this is something that you know especially with two years um, health being a topic of conversation. I'm grateful that so far touch wood, everyone right now is, is healthy and, you know, is, is, uh, you know, body, mind, and soul healthy right now. So I'm grateful for that. What are you grateful for dad? Well, I'm certainly grateful for the opportunity to be together here with you. (laughs) And that I've got a daughter that's even interested in doing this with me. Of course. I love it. It's highlighted my week. (laughs) And it's beautiful to be here with you this week. And uh, to have, you know, I, I anticipate that people will, our families and friends will start arriving today and will be arriving here for the next three or four days. And I'm just grateful to have all these people in our lives that are so important to us both mm-hmm. uh, together for this beautiful ceremony that's coming up this Saturday. So I'm very, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, you know, very overwhelming and uh, very touched and Me I'm very too. grateful for it all. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And uh, on that note, is there anything, any final thing, anything final you want to say? Be real.